Grace to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today is from our epistle lesson, the words of St. Paul. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I might share with them in its blessings. This is our text. Like many organizations, St. Lawrence has a mission statement. Unlike many organizations, ours is 170 years old. Now, it wasn't called a mission statement when it was first given back in 1845, and it hasn't always served as our official mission statement, but it does today. And I believe that due to its timeless nature, it's going to continue to serve that well into the future. To make sure that everyone knows what I'm talking about, here is our St. Lawrence mission statement. It's also printed in your your sermon outline in the service folder. It's to show others by word and deed how beautiful it is to live with Jesus. Those words, at least reportedly, were uh, given to those who were traveling to Frankenmuth. There wasn't Frankenmuth at the time, but, but traveling to the New World, to Michigan, to start a mission colony here. And those words were given by Pastor Wilhelm Ley, the organizer of the whole thing. He was the man behind the mission. He's such an important part of our history that he's given a fairly prominent uh, position in our church windows right over here. These are called the proclamation windows. And uh, as you're looking at the windows to your left, you'll see Wilhelm Leahy there. Or if you want to look at the uh, video monitor, you might be able to actually see it a little bit better. That window does a great job of depicting that Leahy from Bavaria, from Neuendettelsau, in Bavaria, and I just learned today, I knew that the Neu in Neuendettelsau means new, and the Au is a, is a meadow, um, but the Dettels part of that, I guess, means yellow flowers, so new yellow flowers meadow. Neuendettelsau in Bavaria, and from there, he sent to the Saginaw River Valley people to establish a mission colony here that was named Frankemuth. Why did he do that? It was because he wanted above all else to do what St. Paul talked about in our text today. To let people know about Jesus. Here's a portrait of him that was taken back then. So Wilhelm Leahy is the, the, the man behind the mission. The words of our text were written by St. Paul, but they could very well have been written by Pastor Leahy. He was willing to do pretty much whatever it took to share the gospel with as many people as he possibly could. And Frankenmuth's a great example of that. Sending people to the Saginaw River Valley in Michigan to, to establish a mission colony here was a radical departure from the way missions had always been done up until that point. 
Up until then, and pretty much actually since then, because it took an incredible amount of energy to do what, what Leahy organized here. But up until then, it was the practice to just train some, some theologians, some pastors, and to send them into foreign countries to do mission work. Now, I don't have anything against trained theologians, do you, Pastor Bender? No, they're pretty good people. But Leahy knew what you also know if you just leave it up to the pastors what's going to get done well some things but not everything in fact not a lot of things so today we want to um, consider a little bit more about this man behind the mission so it's going to be a bit of a of a history lesson. The sermon is not going to be your, your typical sermon. We've got a text, and we'll talk about that some, but honestly, we're not going to talk about that as much as, as we normally would. Rather, we want to see how those words of St. Paul about becoming all things to all people and doing it all for the sake of the gospel, how that was lived out in the life of Pastor Lee, and hopefully, that will serve not just as a, a celebration of our history, which is a legitimate thing to do, but especially as a way for us to contemplate the difference that makes in our lives today so that we can make a difference in people's lives tomorrow. So we've got a little quiz in the, uh, in the sermon outline. Maybe you've already worked on that. Maybe you haven't. If not, you can, you can take out a pen or pencil and, uh, and, and we'll work on that together and, and we'll see how we do. The first question is, Pastor Leahy uh, made how many trips to Frankenmuth. He sent people over here. How many times did he come to check on the progress and, and to encourage people there? You might want to circle a number um, in there. So otherwise, you know, you might change your answer when you see what the real answer is. And, and we can't have that. All right, so the answer is going to show up here in just a minute. Zero times. That was a huge disappointment to Pastor Leahy. He wanted to come here, he planned to come here, but circumstances were such that it just wouldn't work out that way. I'm going to come back to that after we, uh, we do the next question, which is Pastor Lay served a large parish in a large city in Germany. Now this is one reason why I'm not a teacher. I don't really know how to write test questions that don't give away the answer, so I'm guessing that, that just from the question, you probably can figure out that the answer is false. That also was a big disappointment to Pastor Lee, and, and quite a surprise. He had always anticipated that, um, that he would go to a big church. And he wanted to do that, not because of any prestige that, that might be uh, involved with that, or, or not because he thought he needed a big church to, uh, to challenge him, nothing like that. He simply had always figured that a big church would, would best serve as a base of operations, from which he would be able to recruit and to train and to send out people to do the Lord's work. Well, actually, he uh, was pretty bold in his proclamation early on in his ministry, and, and so kind of to, to, as a little bit of a punishment for him, actually, and, and to, to keep him out of the way, he was sent to Neuendettelsau. Well, if that was the plan of the leaders back then, it didn't work out very well. He served there for 35 years, very effectively. So effectively, in fact, I don't think he could have done this probably from a big church. 
It's estimated, no, nobody knows exactly for sure, but it's estimated that he sent out 1,000 individuals to serve as missionaries in one capacity or another from that tiny town and from that little parish. His motivation? Simply that people need Jesus. And you know, the, the sermon title is actually a little bit of a play on words. Because while it's true that uh, Wilhelm Ley is the man behind the mission, it's even more true that Jesus Christ is the man with a capital M behind the mission. He is the man who lived the mission of living and dying and rising again for the salvation of all people. Our windows really do a good job of, of uh, depicting that. So Lay's got a fairly prominent position over here. Who has the most prominent position? The one who should, Jesus Christ. The same thing over here. We've got in the lower level, we've got some of the early figures, human figures in, uh, in uh, St. Lawrence history. But as your eyes gaze upward, what's right in the middle there is again the man, this time it's a baby, behind the mission. Jesus Christ. So like Leahy, we continue to hold up Jesus as the one that we worship and adore. Well, our next question. Pastor Leahy sent missionaries, we already said a thousand approximately, sent missionaries to how many continents? Not countries, but continents. This one's a little bit easier question because there's only three possible answers. And you know that, that uh, at least one is, is true because he sent them to North America. Were there any others? And the answer is, yes, there were. He sent, as far as we know, sent missionaries to three countries and there's, or continents. And there's even some question he might have sent some to Asia. But we know for sure that he sent uh, missionaries to South America Evidently, there's still some connection there in the country of Brazil. And he also sent missionaries to the continent of Australia. And again, I understand that there's still uh, people there who can trace the origin of, of their Lutheran church all the way back to, uh, to Pastor Leahy. Now, Pastor Leahy knew the, uh, the importance of, of using real people like you guys to show others how beautiful it is to live with Jesus. But he also recognized the importance of, of having trained pastors to shepherd the flock, uh, to administer the sacraments, and so forth. And so in order to, to train pastors, you have to have seminaries. He started a seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Now the question in your sermon outline and on the screen is, what happened to that seminary? Did in fact, true or false, did in fact he give a seminary to the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod? Again, I'm not a good one at phrasing questions, so you probably have figured out that the answer to that question is in fact true. He did. Here's what happened. St. Lawrence was founded in 1845. We were one of about a dozen congregations that banded together two years later in 1847 to found the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. In fact, we, we commemorate that on the front cover of our service folder at the very bottom where we mention that we're a founding congregation of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. So in its early years, it was a very small church body, kind of centered in St. Louis, Missouri, where the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod still is 
today, and a seminary right away was started there. But as the church began to grow, Missouri Senate began to grow, uh, the, the Missouri Senate leaders realized that it'd be good to have another seminary. Travel was very difficult in those days. And lo and behold, there's already a seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So they go to uh, Pastor Leahy, and they say, hey, would you give us that seminary? And he said, sure, why not? Well, I'm kind of paraphrasing there. And then they said, and I don't know the exact chronology, but this is probably the way that it worked out. And then they said, oh, by the way, would you continue to pay for that seminary? For the professors there and for the students for there and the upkeep of the seminary. And he said, sure, why not? Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate was very young at the time, didn't, really didn't have any money. And Pastor Leahy was not bashful about asking people to help to fund his mission endeavors. He was very successful at doing that. And so this was uh, another endeavor that he was willing to take upon himself and to do so very effectively. By the way, there's still a Missouri Synod Seminary in Fort Wayne. It's not the same one, same city, but not on the same property and and not the same uh, seminary. But as a result of all of this, the first president of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, a man named C.F.W. Walther, in St. Louis, he had come with a group of, of German immigrants from Saxony a little bit earlier and uh, was part of the founding of the Missouri Synod. He said this about uh, Pastor Walther. I'm sorry, about Pastor Lee. Next to God, it's only Pastor Lee to whom our Synod is indebted for its happy beginning and rapid growth in which it rejoices. It may well honor him as its spiritual father. Now, whenever I talk about these kinds of things, I'm, I'm actually a little bit hesitant um, to do so because um, we're not talking about the Bible, and, and uh, talking about our history can kind of become a prideful thing for us, and we always need to avoid that and watch out for that, don't we? But in this case, I think it's pretty easy for us to avoid uh, any kind of pride. How many of us were here 170 years ago? Okay, so none of us had anything to do with this. We are just the recipients of that legacy, and, and it's our desire to continue to, to live that out, and that's the inspiration that I hope uh, happens from this. So Pastor Lee knew that there were all kinds of ways to show others how beautiful it is to live with Jesus, and he knew you didn't just have to send missionaries to foreign countries to do that, but in fact there are all kinds of opportunities to do that right where you are. And he, he figured out that right where he was in Bavaria, there was a great need and a great opportunity. The need was actually two parts. Number one, it was to, to elevate the status of young unmarried women in that part of Germany. They really had no standing in society for a variety of reasons. The second need was to take care of especially the elderly um, and others who, uh, who society kind of had cast aside. And so he put those two together, and he started out, he didn't come up with the term, and he didn't start the deaconess movement, but uh, he instituted it there in Neuendettelsau. And as a result of that pretty humble beginning, there still in Germany today is a social services institution that uh, is in existence, and the question for you is, which of those that are listed there are part of that now? Hospitals 
old people's homes, schools, homes for the handicapped, you maybe can tell that really the answer is all of the above. And it all dates back to the founding of a deaconess house in Noyan Dedelsau. This stamp shows, depicts a couple of deaconesses. This stamp was published in Germany in 1972 uh, in honor of the 100th anniversary of the death of Pastor Leahy. So he was well known, he still is well known there for especially the social ministry work that he did. He's helpful for us in, in this way as well. As part of the deaconess movement that, that he founded in that way anyway there in, in Germany, he wrote a little poem. And from that we've grabbed some lines that serve as a deaconess creed. Three questions. First one is, what do I want? It's a good question, isn't it? What do I want out of life? Depends on when you're asked that. You might come up with a different answer. Well, I, you know, I, I want to be healthy. Or I want to be happy. Or I want to be comfortable. It, none of those would be bad answers, would they? But Leahy, taking his cue from Jesus in such places as our gospel reading for today, where Jesus cared and healed the sick, Leahy says, and this is what his deaconesses would also recite, what do I want? I want to serve. The follow-up question to that was, well, whom do I want to serve? The first part of this answer, I think, is still very helpful and instructive. Well, it all is, but helpful and instructive for us. I want to serve the Lord. He's the only one that we really want to serve. But how do we do that? That's the back half of it, to serve the Lord and his wretched ones and his poor. And then I think of a legitimate question to ask after that. So what's going to be my reward for doing this service? I'd like, you to re- I'd like to read to you the, uh, the entire answer and then we'll give you just the last part of it. I serve neither for reward nor thanks, but out of gratitude and love. My reward is that I am permitted to serve. So we serve out of gratitude to God. We serve because Jesus did, like he did in the gospel. And did you notice in that gospel reading what Simon Peter's mother-in-law did right after she was healed? This is pretty amazing to me. She got up and started to what? To serve those who were there. Most likely those were Jesus' disciples. Now why does Mark record that for us? We're not told, so we're just kind of guessing at this. I think one reason probably is that demonstrates how complete the healing was. She had been sick pretty close to death apparently with a a terrible fever. And immediately upon being healed, she was strong enough that she could... Hurry about the house serving her guests. But I think maybe also, Mark had in mind, and if not, I think we can certainly take this from it. Isn't that the natural response to what Jesus does? We, she served because Jesus did, because Jesus first served her. And so in response to that, she wanted to serve him and those who were there with him. 
Same thing for us. But we have another reason as well. She served because Jesus did. We serve because Jesus died. Because he died for us and rose again. And so we want nothing more than in gratitude, really in wonder and joy, to respond to his service to us by serving him in serving others. And then the last question, I debated about whether or not to put this in because it's um, kind of a downer, so again, you'd know exactly what the answer to the question is. Lay eventually parted company with the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod over a doctrinal disagreement. That's true. It happened shortly after Walther had written those words about Pastor Lay calling him the spiritual father of the Missouri Synod. I debated about bringing that up within myself, um, but, I, but finally decided to leave it in because I think it's, well, it tells us a couple things. Number one, that even as, as Walther wrote what he did shortly before the break with Lay, and he knew it was coming, this was not a surprise to him, he still wanted to be very respectful of this man who had, had done so much in the kingdom of God. And, and Lay returned that respect towards uh, Pastor Walther and, and everybody that remained in the Missouri Synod. So I think that's a good lesson for us. But I think maybe even the, the greater lesson is just a reminder to us. As long as we live on this earth, we're never going to fully experience the beauty of living with Jesus. We, we can enjoy the peace that that brings us now and, and we can share that with others and show that to others and we need to do that. But we also look forward to that day when we stand in the presence of Christ and witness his beauty in all its fullness. That day is coming for each one of us. And we can rejoice in that. Amen.